Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Light. This is Austin Linney here. I have the pleasure of uh, bringing on uh, Amanda Miller. How are you doing, madam? Um, Since this is so new, my name is actually Amber. Amber, gosh, (laughs) I'm so sorry. You know what? I don't even even cut stuff out because half of the fun is watching how stupid I am sometimes. Yeah, now I don't even have to feel like a jackass the rest of this because you fucked it up right off the bat. So <laughs> hey, it's 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 really uh, I did it secretly so you feel comfortable. See, it's it's, it's oh my, okay, it's my yeah. coaching background. So uh, got it, got it. So guys, true story because in true constructor life fashion, uh, she DM'd me like two days ago and was like, "Let's get on a call." I love your podcast, and I was I heard her story. And read about what she's doing, and I was like, you know what? I got a better idea. Let's the first call just be the podcast. So yeah, here we go, guys. So I'm gonna figure out with you her story, and we're gonna talk about what she's got going on. Somehow we are in kind of the same circles, it looks like, but uh, we're, we become quick uh, uh, compadre. So so what? You start where you want to, really. I mean, honestly. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting that, um, this is happening right now because normally there is a connection or somebody that connects, you know, like me to you or vice versa. And I just seen your podcast on somebody else's, um, Facebook. And so I was like, okay, I'll give it a listen if he's listening to it. And then I did. And so, yeah, that was, the first DM that I've ever sent on Instagram and um, just the way that you were, I was like, okay, if he's dropping F-bombs, then this is my kind of person. And you were already doing the things that I am interested in. And um, the further that I get into this world, I'm like, these are my people and I need to keep keep surrounding myself with those people. And so when now, when I feel an urge to, reach out and connect to somebody. I just do. And I did. And here we are three days later. So no, and I love it. I think there's a lesson in there that's super important is that there's a lot of times that we don't more importantly, I'll, I'll, I'll look at it from a different context. More importantly, we don't send the text when we have that feeling inside meaning like maybe my friend needs to hear it or maybe my significant other or a family member needs to hear the support or, or, or just that you're there. And I tend to always do that. And then I get this response back. How did you know I needed mm-hmm. to hear that? Right. And so yep. I, I implore people to, to send that because, you know, I go through this a lot. The podcast is not easy. It's a lot of work. And I, I beat myself up sometimes like nobody's listening. And then you get messages like you send or like one and it, it just like changes your whole day. And so, you know, especially right. what, especially with this crazy year, you know, make sure that you that you reach out and, and do that special touch. Right. It, it can really change somebody's day. Right. And and I used to be somebody that wouldn't, you know, take that extra step to reach out to somebody. But in this age and now that I keep working on myself, it's like, no, I'm just going to put myself out there. And um, so far, it's been working out beautifully. And if there's one thing that COVID has really changed for me, and I hope for other people, it's that there are some really cool ass people out there that I have never would have never gotten the chance to meet or talk to if COVID hasn't happened. And, you know, now I'm reaching out to those people all over the United States and the world and things like that. And I'm making genuine connections with Mm -hmm. people. And I'm like, and that part is blowing my mind. And I love connecting with other humans and especially if they're interested in the same shit that I am. So, yeah. And, 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 and that kind of brings me to, oh, no, and, and also from a, I just want to finish this point. Cause I think it's, it, it needs to be noted in business and many relationships. I think that this thing has taught us that we can create genuine connections via zoom. Right. And there's mm-hmm. people uh, that I've talked to for three years 
I have bank accounts with that I've never met in person, (laughs) you know? And so it's made the, the general public a little more okay with, with this, with this relationship. But what I think is exciting about it is the freedom that this allows you in your life and in your business. And and that's for a whole nother separate conversation, but I just wanted to make that point. Very important. Yeah. And, and that's probably been the biggest eye opener is, is what I can do. Um, you know, a lot of people have that scarcity mindset about, um, oh, I have to stay inside and all of this shit. And what was me? Whereas right now I'm like, no, 2020 has been a fantastic year because I've chose to make that. And, um, one of the reasons why you resonated with me, not only the swearing and just, you know, that makes you authentic about who you are, but also um, your past and things like that. And Mm -hmm. it's funny because everybody that I'm meeting, it seems like everybody was a former addict (laughs) and I just got sober in December. And it's so, you know, it's just, it's one more thing that we are connected on and it's just like good things. So, so like eight months, give or take. Yeah, December fifteenth will be the the first year of no drinking. And how old are you? Yeah, there's. I, I know uh, you're not supposed 34. to ask the women, but I need to know because it's part of the story. <laughs> I just so. I just aged myself. I just said I was thirty four, and I'm not thirty four for another twelve days. So okay, I well, back the truck get it up. together. I'm thirty three. <laughs> All right, sounds good. But but tell everybody about that. You know, are do you and you? I you I heard from your text. You have a two year old, right? You have yep. so, one, baby, um, one baby? Two. Two, okay. Because I had teacher conferences today. Okay. My two-year-old yeah. is not going to school yet. So. And then the other one is how old? Six. Married? Yep. Um, nope, but uh, somebody that's put up with my shit for 14 and a half years. So So I love it. So, so let's dive in. This is exciting. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever interviewed somebody that this is this removed from 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 the so, you know getting sober so i'm interested to hear kind of you know 20s 30s or what happened and why uh you know it became such a problem so um my drinking probably started when i was 16 and got a car um i am a rural midwestern girl everybody and their mother and brother drinks around here mm-hmm. um so I was 16 and I worked two jobs, so probably close to 40 hours a week. And I was still straight A student, principal's honor roll and everything like that. Um, both of my parents drank. My mom, as we got to be teenagers, she started drinking a lot more because we weren't as reliant on her anymore. And my grandmother was also an alcoholic. And so there's, there's a lot of family shit that surrounds that. So I started drinking around then, and when I was 22, my mom passed away at 44 mm-hmm. from being an alcoholic. So within just a matter of a couple of years, um, and this is kind of where our story is also the same, my parents got divorced when I was 18. And yeah, I, <laughs> right, I didn't, um, I didn't really put that blame on me because... I knew that alcohol was the issue in their relationship. And they also grew into two different people after 18 years. And they'd been through some shit as well. And so um, she passed away and I was the oldest. Um, I just had one younger brother and, um, you know, I had to put on a funeral at 22 years old. And from there, um, it's all, I had always wanted to quit drinking, but I mean, that's what we do when we're happy, when we're sad, when there's a baptism, um, when I'm vacuuming, taking a shower, like that's drinking fits into any and every scenario that you want it to really. Um, so, you know, I drank and drank actually right after my mom passed away, there was about three months that I didn't drink. Because obviously she passed away from drinking and I just needed, you know, a check. And my best, one of my best friends, I'll never forget this. And she was, she was worried about me because I wasn't drinking. Mm -hmm. And I think going back, I don't even know if she remembers saying that to me, but that was just kind of like, what the fuck? You know, Mm -hmm. like my identity is drinking. Yep. So I 
you know, the years go on and everything like that. Um, and, and that's just what we do on the weekends. I, me and my other half, we have our first kid and the first couple of years of his life, um, I'm glad that he won't have memories of these, but I was extremely selfish and I took them for granted. And, you know, like I was drinking on the weekends and everything like that. And then um, we go and we have my daughter now, like almost two years ago. And, you know, I'm, I'm still wanting to cut back and everything. And, and that's when I sort of got into the self-development world that started with finances and things like that. And I was like, okay, well, if this book can change my financial future, what else can books do for me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, surrounding yourself in that space. Well, last, I did Sober October last year, and that was really difficult for me because I was doing it with willpower. And it was my birthday that month, and I went to two concerts, and I did it all sober, and it was great. But then come November, I completely made up for October. Mm-hmm. And then in December, to backtrack a little bit, I had always wanted to open up a recovery center or help people with alcohol issues or substance abuse issues. But I always felt like I was a hypocrite because Mm -hmm. I drank. And so I used to look at pictures of people of their before and afters of when they, you know, were drinking and things like that. And I always wondered, could I be that happy? Like, or is this just some bullshit? You know, are, are they really that happy? Like, you know, and I just always wondered what it would be like to get to this side of the tracks. And so last November, I was uptown at our local Legion and I was talking to a mom of a girl I graduated high school with. And um, it was like looking in a mirror of me 10 years earlier dealing with my mom's issues. She was dealing with her daughter and her daughter needed help. And I was like, this, this is meant for a reason. Like, and so I was like, okay. So I had the girl over to my house and um, I made a lasagna from Aldi and she calls it intervention lasagna now. And basically I just told her where the bear shits and that she was knocking on death's door because I've already been through this part. And when she walked out of my door that day, I didn't know if I was ever going to see her again. Like that's how bad her drinking was. And it was a couple of weeks later, she was ready to go into treatment. And um, I said, okay, let's do this. And um, I remember walking into her parents' garage and it was cold. It was December. And um, seeing her in that frail, frail state, like seeing somebody at their rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, she didn't wake up one day and want this. Like she, she didn't choose this. Like alcohol just slowly, it's like a slow suicide. It just slowly creeps up and takes over more and more of your life until it takes your life. And I had already done and been seen through that shit. And I remember never wanting to get to that point. And mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm fucking done. And so I read a book on how to quit drinking and I swear it's like flipping a switch and it's been the easiest thing that's ever happened to me. It's beautiful. I I read something this morning. so funny that I'm interviewing. It said that uh, I've never seen a life transformation that hasn't started with somebody getting tired of their own bullshit. Mm-hmm. And it's the truth. And that's just it. And it's the truth. And, you know, it's funny. You said something in that story that resonates with me like so hard. And people think I'm out of my mind when I say this. The hardest part of quitting drinking was to reteach myself how to celebrate. I, I know it sounds so nuts. And more importantly, and to go on vacation. I didn't really yeah. feel like I didn't really feel like I beat alcohol until I went to Costa Rica for 10 days and didn't drink. That's when I really felt like, well, fuck, I can yep. do anything. We have, this is my joke, and you're going to resonate with this. If we went to a meeting, like a business meeting, 
and I busted out an eight ball of cocaine on the table and I snorted it at all, they'd be like, that dude's out of fucking control. If mm-hmm. Frank over there knocks out a case of beer a day, it's totally fine because we've made, he mm-hmm. just likes football and beer. We've made alcohol so socially acceptable. And you said yep. it perfectly. It's the silent suicide because it builds on top of builds on the next day and the next day. And I drink every day for like nine years, like every fucking day. Yep. Not like drunk, but yep. like every fucking day. I'm off of work, mm-hmm. 10 o'clock, drinking, functioning, still getting everything done. But when I look at pictures of myself then and now, you can see it in my skin. You can see it in my face. And people that are deep into personal development, when they see me lose 60 pounds, right, in eight pant mm-hmm. sizes, you know what the first thing they say? I'm sure that's great, but I can see it on your face and in your eyes. Yeah. You want to know why the transformation stuck? It's the same way with you. I started it from the inside out, not the outside Mm -hmm. in. And when you start there, you flip the switch and it's not even a thought anymore. And then, and then the same thing I tell all my clients in life, we have to chase feelings, right? And if you chase Mm -hmm. the feeling and the emotion of feeling amazing, why would you ever do anything to take that away again? Right. You've already been there. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And 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 that's what, exactly what it is. Um, you mentioned the vacation part. So when I quit drinking, I waited probably about like three or four months before I really even told anybody that I had quit drinking. And I never say never, but um, like you just said, uh, I already know what that feels like and I don't want to fucking mm-hmm. ever go back to that. Mm-hmm. But So about three months after I quit drinking, I went on my first vacation and it was um, with my other half, my best friend and her husband and their parents. And, you know, we're, these are people that I've drank with Mm -hmm. forever and Mm -hmm. we got down there and I'm sure they're going to love me sharing this story. But um, So we get down there and we get off, we get to the resort or whatever at noon and within three hours and I was triggered right away when we got there and I went into the bathroom and I texted a buddy and she's like, you know, just stay strong. I was like, you know what, here's what I'm going to do. I said, I'm going to let everybody have two drinks. And if after two drinks, I still want to drink, then I'll have one. Mm -hmm. After three hours of being there, my boyfriend was drunk as shit, barfing his guts out. Two hours later, somebody else was passed out. And Mm -hmm. another two hours after that, the third person in our group was, Oh, and I was like, you know what? I'm good. Like, mm-hmm. and the rest of the vacation, not triggered at all. Yeah. And that was, that was a big test for me. Um, mm-hmm. And so that, and, and yeah, it's once the, once the mindset has been flipped, it's just, well, it's, you're, it's you're not, not even, it's a non-issue now. You're not even, see, here's the problem with that stuff and drinking and sex addiction and whatever. You're not even doing it with your conscious. You're doing it with your subconscious. You're, you, you, it's not right. even. It's not even a, a thought. It's just something. Oh, we're at we're at the resort. We drink. Oh, we're out on the golf course. We drink. Right. But something that's very interesting, and people don't get this about stopping drinking. The hardest thing, the hardest thing I did was go spend time with family. I lost yeah. forty pounds, and I wasn't drinking, and I'm like feeling like a fucking you know like a sexy beast and I roll up into my family's event and you know how many people had a comment about me losing weight? Fucking zero. And I had to call my coach because I was in such a bad place. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I adopted the saying, nobody cares work harder. Like I saw it on something Mm -hmm. because it's the truth because here's the problem when you're doing better and you're getting better, it's Mm -hmm. a mirror to them. And so the moment that you transform and you change, it makes them uncomfortable with where they are in their life. So they would do anything in the world to get you back down there. So why would they support it? Right? It's, it's yep. a vicious cycle. These are, these, are, these are ancillary things that people don't think about when you're trying to quit alcohol or, or a toxic relationship that is not seen. But these are the true killers of the cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very interesting when I started going out and people would be like, I'd 
you know, say that I wasn't drinking and they'd be like, well, I'm sorry. And I'm like, I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they, and they do try and, and bring you back. And the first thing is, okay, if that's what they're saying, like, I know it's them having an issue with their own drinking mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that used to be me. Mm-hmm. I used to say that shit to people. Mm-hmm. And when you made the reference to cocaine and comparing the two, I compare it to meth. Mm-hmm. And I tell people straight off the bat, I was like, I know that might seem like a bit of an, an exaggeration to you. I was like, but alcohol killed my mom. Mm-hmm. Like, like you can't, you can't come at me and they're not different. Like this one is just socially accepted and this one's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I want to get your take on something because I truly believe it's the one it's the single greatest thing that can set people free. When we hide issues in our life, meaning a bad relationship, alcoholism, weed addiction, sex addiction, whatever, when we keep it in the closet and we keep it in the dark, it holds ultimate control over us. And when I meet people, I'm, this is not a joke. When I walk into a networking event or a meeting, I'm like, meth addict, homeless, alcoholism, lost 60 pounds. Austin Lenny, nice to meet you. Because I have, re- <laughs> I have released myself from it having any control over me. So when it has no control over me and I bring it into the light, I can just be me. And I think that's where everybody's hiding it, right? And you think that their life's perfect or they're, you know, and, and more importantly, like how many housewives and I, and I, and I'm not trying to label somebody, but how many housewives that don't have an outlet, right. Are, 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 are silently dying at inside when they don't have anybody to talk to and they're drinking in the afternoon and they're, you know, it's the same thing with, with, with guys who are, you know, drinking on the way to work in a, in a, in a, in a seven 11 cup. So people don't know that they, you know, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem. If you say that once in your life, you have a fucking problem. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, and I didn't, I didn't even necessarily hide it. Like Mm -hmm. that was my identity. I was the party girl. Mm -hmm. And so that was, that was the hardest part prior to me having the mind flip is that, um, who am I going to be if I quit drinking? Mm. Um, and, and my identity was so tied to that. And since I've quit drinking, everybody is like, we love this version of you so much well, better. Like, let's, let's touch there because that's huge. Because I'm releasing, I think, a podcast on Friday about identity because I think it's the single thing that is crushing people and how they get wrapped up in their business. So let's talk about how you, that's all you can talk about is how you yeah. rebuilt your identity. Yeah. So, um, my identity had always been drinking and I am the fun girl. Like I dress up in an inflatable T-Rex costume and I, I thought that I couldn't do that without alcohol in my system. And it turns out that I can, so I can still be the dinosaur girl. Um, but yeah, it was, it was totally, it was interesting that once I quit drinking and every area of my life started improving and all of a sudden it was like these snake skin layers were coming off of me and all of the things that I thought I was, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still hilarious and good looking, but now I'm a little bit better. Um, but it was just like, I didn't want to be out at the bars, you know, mm-hmm. like all of the time and everything like that. Like that wasn't who I was. And, um, I I do have a quick wit and now I'm even quicker. It's Mm -hmm. just like all of these things. And I'm like, okay, well, if those things aren't me, who am I really? Mm -hmm. And the thing about it is, is I get to decide who I am. And now I am writing the narrative instead of everybody else. Mm -hmm. And that feels fucking good. Mm -hmm. A 100%. I mean, it, it. One of the greatest exercises I've ever heard in my entire life was they said, write three people that you admire down, write 10 core values in those three people. And then they say, Mm -hmm. okay, now cross their names out and write your name above them. Because the only way that you would see that in them is you have that inside of you. 
That's a baller exercise. I should try that. It's the truth because you only see in other people what you see. Let me, I'm going to give you a prime example. Uh, We did a Facebook live yesterday with a new friend of mine who I'm going to see in three weeks down in Florida, who's a big real estate investor. When I met this guy the first time, I thought he was the biggest fucking asshole I ever met in my life. (laughs) And, and he gets that a lot too with other people. And what it, what we realize it's triggering is the asshole part of us that's still in there a little bit, yeah. you know, and, <laughs> but we can see it. Right. Cause you know, as, as they would say, like a fisherman can see another fisherman from far away, like, you know, and so it's, you have to be careful. And, and one of the books that changed my life was the five levels of attachment. Sure. You know, I'm an empath, right. And I'm a coach, so I, I can feel and see a lot more than other people can, but I used to let that bring me down like with them. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I would just be a wreck you know? And I realized after doing a lot of self-work and talking to my coach, that was fueling the drinking because yeah. I couldn't shut off their emotions with inside of me. And it wasn't until I gained the inner confidence, but I'm going to tell you something that's, that you're going to, re- it's going to resonate with you. The moment that changed my life was this. I was at a networking event. I had been sober for like six months. Uh, I hadn't really told anybody much. Like I hadn't talked about it mm-hmm. in the same day. I got two DMs. One was my assistant who does the podcast for me. And then another was another friend. And they said, you aren't aware of this because I haven't told you, but I've been sober two months because of you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? I haven't even talked to you about it. And they go, well, we decided if your crazy ass could do it, then we could do it. And what that, what resonated with me is, is if you lead by example and you don't, Cause here's the, here's the problem in my twenties, I poked advice. Like, this is what you should do. This is what you should do. You should just get sober. Uh-huh. Blah, blah. And that shit doesn't work. <laughs> oh yeah. When, I knew it all in my twenties. <laughs> yeah. When you're in the victim mentality and the bunker mentality, nothing can get to you until you're tired of your own bullshit. Yeah. And I mean, obviously having my children was a huge driving factor, Um, before my mom passed away, um, I used to, you know, beg and plead with her to get help. And at the same time here, I was still drinking and, you know, she used to then tell me to quit drinking. And, and in my head, I remember thinking like, why can't you just love yourself enough to get help? Because my mom loved me and my brother more than anything in this world, anything. But the alcohol, like, just put this cover over. Like, she didn't love herself enough. And I knew that if I wanted to break this generational trauma, that it had to start with me. Mm. That I didn't want my kids to have to go through and see all of the shit that I seen and I don't, I didn't want to have to put that on them. You quit drinking. Well, what if, what if they never even start because I don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and then you say, you know, about other people reaching out and things like that. And people are watching even when you don't think they're watching. I have had people reach out to me that I barely ever talk to, that I barely ever see. And, you know, they're talking about how I'm so inspirational. I'm like, this is just my life, you know, and, and you can, you know what that is too, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's just who we are. And, mm-hmm. and so then when I quit drinking, it was like, okay, I've always had a voice and now it's time for me to like lean into that mm-hmm. and, and just like you, you know, I read something you said about serving other people and, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm here to do. Like, mm-hmm. how can I help people in, in, in a way I almost feel like, um, it's, it's my chance with helping my mom again, you know, like I'm, I'm doing it in her name and in mm-hmm. her honor. And, and if I can help anybody, like, that's what I want to do. Well, I want to tell you before we dive into the next part of the thing, um, you're, you're a lighthouse and you have a radiant energy about you. I'm very proud of you getting sober, but more importantly, um, 
you know, I'm happy for your, for your children, mm-hmm. you know, and, and when you're breaking a generational, you know, poverty or alcoholism or anything like that, the, the strength of these women that I know that I, that I coach, that I help is so strong. And here's the scary thing. They're not even doing it for themselves. They're, they're, they're doing it for their kids. Women, women will always do it for everybody else first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we always put ourselves last, you know, like the mom guilt, like everything is, is a lot, but the more I continue to work on myself and learning what self-love is, it radiates to everybody, not even to my kids, you know, <laughs> and that, and that was how this happened. Have you been because, listening to my podcast? Because it sounds like you've been listening to my podcast. I'm trying to tell I'm, people exactly <laughs> what you just said. Just right? say, it, say it again. I'm, I'm dead serious. When you work on yourself and when you learn what real self-love is, that radiates to everybody else. And that's, and that's how we got started because you resonated with me. So I felt the need to reach out to you to tell you to keep going because I know that there are days when you don't feel like doing this shit anymore. You're like, why am I doing this? Last Tuesday. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's, and, and, and I, and I could feel that. And I was like, I need to reach out to this guy and tell him that he's doing a kick-ass job and to keep fucking going. Yeah. You know what my buddy sends me like once a week? <laughs> Keep mother fucking going. And that's all he sends. He doesn't send anything else. Because we as strong people, and this is yep. what I get. I had it this morning with it with somebody that wanted to meet me for coffee. I know, but don't you have down days? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like all the fucking time. My mindset's fucking shit. Yeah. But I surrounded myself with amazing humans. Mm-hmm. who don't let me spiral anymore and I can shake myself out of it in like an hour. But that's because I put on layers and layers of, you know, mindset, you know, on and on and on. And, and that's what mm-hmm. you have to do. And, you know, you, you, you have to take one percent, you know, the, the, the rally cry between all my groups of friends is 1% better every day. 1% yes. better every day. Yes. Atomic habits every day. But this is an interesting topic because... I want to go here because this is interesting because, you know, I met with Cullen and the other guys last night that, you know, you yeah. know, you probably don't know, no, but you will know soon. And, and they're starting a, yeah. a recovery mastermind in, in one in one life. The, the yep. issue that they're having, and it's the same thing that you addressed earlier, is that, yes, I'm recovered and I'm sober. What the fuck do I do with my life and what do I do with my finances? <laughs> Right. Like, how do right. I make money? Like, what are the vehicles I can get into? Mm-hmm. So talk about that journey with you, because you have a nine to five right now. Right. Currently. And then you mentioned to me so, you were thinking about real estate. Yeah. So where that all stems from, where my self-development stems from is um, almost four years ago, me and some girlfriends, we just formed a little book club and we read Dave Ramsey's, you know, mm-hmm. Total Money Makeover, which completely changed my life and that it got us out of debt. It paid off all of our vehicles. It Our house is now paid off. Like, and that was the real eye opener for me. And I'm like, okay, if, if, if I can do this, like what else can I do? And so the finances has actually probably been the easiest part for me. Like it's, it's because that's just numbers sure. doing that deep inner work is a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Um, but so right now I do have the luxury. I work part-time. I'm an x-ray and lab tech for one of our local hospitals here. Um, but that's probably not my forever job. I, I love it, um, but it's not my purpose mm-hmm. because when I was a little girl, my mom always told me I was meant for big things. Mm-hmm. And so even even if I don't want to do the work that I'm doing, like I get reminders just like you, you know, private messages and things like that. Like I can't even turn away from this because I'm just being pushed into this and, and mm-hmm. it's the space that I want to be. And I've got to break through those limiting beliefs and things like that too. Um, 
but this is where I'm supposed to be. And so now I'm surrounding myself with people that are thinking outside of that box. And um, I don't know if you've gotten the chance to talk with Carolyn at all, but um, uh, I, she- I, I know her briefly. We haven't spoke much, but I'm, I'm very aware of how great she is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So she's, I got her in my corner and, um, you know, it's like, she's got 13 avenues of income and in, you know, like growing up with, with parents that every month they're sitting down at the kitchen table and their expenses are meeting more than, you know, what the budget is. And mind you, they're probably not including their alcohol intake in it, yeah. but I remember going out you know, watching my parents wonder how they're going to pay the bills. And I remember coming out and I was, must've been like eight or nine years old. And I told Mm -hmm. my mom that if we didn't have enough money that I didn't need to eat at school. And she said that broke her fucking heart. Mm. And I knew that I never wanted my kids to be put in that position So um, in 2008, um, when the recession happened or whatever, that's right when I started going to college. And I started school three months after my mom passed. And I didn't bring that up at all because, like, I was there for school and I was going to learn. And um, college was a big deal to my mom because she didn't even graduate high school. Sure. But so um, that just kind of went on on a rabbit hole. But anyway, so we, um, when we got pregnant in 2014, back to the recession, sorry, my boyfriend was laid off for two years. And um, I knew that when and if we bought a house, I did not want that house to cripple us. If one of us lost our jobs again, that I wanted the other one to be able to afford it. So when we got pregnant, we bought a shitty ass house in the town that I grew up in. And it was like $37,000. And over the last six years, we've um, completely remodeled it, you know, added that equity and everything like that. So I was doing a burr deal before I even knew it. We were just living in it. Um, And that's, and that's kind of what caught my eye, I guess. And so I had to figure out, okay, what are the ways that I'm going to be able to break that, um, you know, just that ceiling of money? Like, how can I start creating more avenues of income and things like that? And so now surrounding myself with the right people, it's like, okay, well, you can make money this way. There, you can make money this way. There's 8 million different ways to make mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. No, I love it. And I think what's so important is I just heard this coach on Instagram, such an amazing point. The guy goes, what's your goal? He says, I want to make $10,000 a month. He said, that's cute. And I'm not saying it's a bad goal, but understand that that by opening your mind and, and, and opening your heart and understanding that money is just a vehicle and it flows through you and every part of you, mm-hmm. well, then then why can't it be 50K a month? And yeah. and we as people sorry i'm a little fired up today cuz i posted this thing i posted somebody posted this quote i said on another podcast and everybody's losing their fucking mind over it because i, I, I said I, I i said i said i said it with focus and sacrifice you can retire in real estate in 2 to 3 years mm-hmm. and everybody's like no you can't and i'm like no your your mindset is fucking shitty Mm-hmm. because you'd rather be at the bar or you'd rather pay for the $800 a month car. You know, you'd rather do that, you know, because yep. what I'm, what I'm trying to say to you is if your your situation where the cars are paid off, the house is paid off, you don't have bills, mm-hmm. you have a little bit, you could, yep. you could have two assets making you $3,000 a month and be retired. But they don't, when they see that quote, they don't look at it. They don't look right. at it that way. And all I'm trying because to do their minds aren't open. Well, all I'm trying to do is shift the narrative. I'm trying to shake something and loose and goes, you haven't defined what success looks like to you. And, right. and, and the reason that me and you can't be touched. Right. And the reason that all my other friends who are ex recovery people who own five, $10 million businesses, because we're here to serve and, and yep. we're, and we're working an infinite sum game. So good luck catching us. 
And, right. and, and then like I told the guys last night, like you can just tell the pansy ass fucking real estate people around you. Like, bro, I'm just so damn happy to not be dead. Like I'm going to fucking, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to go crush this fucking real estate game. And the, the idea of failure is nothing to you. I, I was talking to some right. guy the other day and he said, I only hire military people and ex recovery people. Yeah. Cause, it, Cause they don't give a shit. Oh, no. my option. My option was I'm either walking or I'm dead. I, I think yeah. I'll take, I think I'll, I'll be happy, you know? And I, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so, I, I just want to squeeze every ounce of life because I've, I've removed myself from a, mm-hmm. from a marriage that, that was a little bit toxic. We, we weren't serving each other. I removed myself from a nine to five. I didn't want to be at, I removed myself mm-hmm. from, from, from waking up with headaches and, and not working yeah. out and eating bad food. And now I eat great food. I work out twice a day. You know, I'm in a relationship that I really appreciate, you know, and with myself and with, you know, with my friends because it's, it's feeding happiness and, and everybody's like, God damn, you must be on some drugs or shit. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm just fucking loving life. Like life is fucking awesome. It's high definition. Boom. But, but what's, Mm -hmm. what the key is, is I never step into a situation and this is the only time I get a bad mindset. When I, when I worry about what I deserve or what I get out of it, yeah. when I, when I step into this world serving and helping and my favorite thing to do, cause I coach a lot of young investors, they reach out to me on the podcast. I'm like, let's jump on a call. Let's go have dinner. And they're like, what the fuck? And I'm like, let's, <laughs> let's go do it. Because yeah. if I knew what I knew now at 20 years old, I'd be retired at 26. Like right. I can't, I can't tell you how much money I pissed away, how much cash, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? You and me both. Yeah. But, but here's the deal. You as a person are going to get so much more joy out of teaching somebody the, tr- the tricks and the trades that you've learned, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, to financial freedom or whatever. Cause you're going to get it. Like I, I can yeah. see it in your eyes. Like, you know, you, you know, I, I do want to ask a question now that I'm thinking about something. Your partner, who you said you're not married to, yep. is he still drinking? He drinks once in a while, but mm. I always view him as the person that everybody aspires to be when they drink because he's the fun party boy. Like yeah. he never gets like crazy out of control. He's he's not a mean drunk or anything like that. So he does it once in a while, but I don't have an issue with it. But no, and I and I think the only reason I brought it up is because I think that there are some people, right? Meaning these these addictive personalities, right? That just <laughs> feed this cycle, right? And so the way the reason I brought it up is as simple as this. Well, now your addiction is turned towards something different. And that's like, how the hell am I going to chill out and have some passive income coming in? And you're so charged up by oh, real God. estate and revenue streams. You know, it's all, what an addiction to have, right? You know, alcohol used to be the our fighting points. And it was always my fault. Mm-hmm. And I flat out admit that. But now some days, like now I'm just like always raring to go. <laughs> some days... When he just wants to chill on the couch, I'm pretty sure he wishes that I was still drinking. But like now it's like my mind is so clear and I'm so focused um, on real estate and helping other people um, that I just can't slow down. And so Mm. um, we were going to go, we went camping one weekend, but I was like, okay, we're going to go and take a look at this house um, about 12, 12 miles away from us. And so we go to this house. Nobody's there. Basically, um, the owner had squatters in there. And it was this little three-acre hobby farm. And the goal in the Midwest is to always own your own little piece of property mm-hmm. out in the country away from everybody. So we walk into this dump hole and we're walking around it and everything like that. And we come out and I'm like just standing in front of it. And I'm like, well, what do you think? And he's like, well, we could put a garden over there. And I said, so you think that we should move here? Because I was looking at it as a rental originally. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, let's do it. And so, um, I had already put, um, 
gotten a HELOC on our first paid off house. And so I had the funds available. And so we bought the three acre hobby farm for $80,000. It totally needs to be gutted and remodeled, which we're currently doing and flipping. He's a carpenter, by the way. Mm -hmm. So that's very helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, But so we're doing that, hopefully get in there in June. And then now the other day after I started listening to your podcast and Mike's podcast that you were on, I was like, why in the hell haven't I looked into short-term rentals yet? Mm-hmm. Like, well, why haven't we done that? And so last night I'm like, I'm just going to combine two strategies, burring and short-term rentals and like just double up. Like, mm-hmm. and, and he's not so much on the self-development bandwagon as I am, which is just fine. Yeah. Um, but he likes to make his life really easy and just go along with whatever I say and decide. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm the brains. He's the muscle. And together we make an awesome team. And so I was like, you don't know yet. I was like, but we're going to do some really cool shit. And I was like, as soon as this house is done, isn't that what life's about? Right. Yes. Right. And and here's what's great guys. And this is why I want to highlight this point. She now, because she DM'd me, she got over her fear. Now she has an STR specialist that she <laughs> can call on whenever she wants who does million-dollar homes. Like, and it's a breeze. I'll tell her, like, do this, do that, don't do it. And I'll save her, like, years of headache and a lot of money, right? Thank you. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and what I'm saying is I, I'll give you ideas right on the podcast right now. Go get some teepees. Yeah. And and do the teepees and anything like here's the thing with Airbnb. Think of the craziest thing you could think of and go 10 miles past that. And that's what you so, could do. So yeah. on that note, we have a camper. And two days ago, like right after I listened to your podcast, mm-hmm. I was like, we need to go out to the farm because the camper's on the farm. I said, I'm going to take pictures and put it up on the Airbnb. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and from now on, when we're camping during the summer, I'm going to Airbnb our house. Yes. Like, so we'll have you know, two. I was like, why wouldn't I? Well, what you're and doing is you're weaponizing your options, as my mentor right. would say. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't I use my house as an, as an asset, like as much as possible. But the thing is, is like, had I never like started the self-development or opened up my mind to other people and their ideas, like then I'm just stuck in that one nine to five, you mm-hmm. know, during the week and, and, you know, taking a vacation once every two years or whatever. And, and once you open up your mind and you start thinking in new ways, like you said, the world is just full of possibilities and the opportunities are endless. And that's why I also don't have time for excuses anymore. No, excuses are like asses and elbows. Everybody's got them. And, yep. and, 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 but here's even greater. I'll give you another tip for free. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you drop an LLC on the property and you funnel the Airbnb money through there. Then you can write off your electric and water bill and all your supplies and everything you buy for the property. I love it. I love it. There's a million avenues, but but here's where I'm at, guys, and I'm going to give her a free lesson while we're live on the podcast. People need to expand their mind. And what I mean by that is I have a client who just bought a $1.25 million piece of property on a mountain in Colorado, 10 acres. Now, he is not going to cash flow crazy, but he is going to go be able to visit this asset three times a year and break even and not make money or make money. So instead of thinking what you can't do, you could live in Iowa and go, I, you could be 38 years old and go in 10 years, I'm going to own a property in Florida. And mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, you're an idiot. I'm going to go in one month, you can own a property in Florida. You can hire a management company to run it. You could go be a surgeon or you could go milk goats. I don't give a shit what you do. And you could go visit that asset twice a year and it would make you money. All right. And right. What, what, what you don't understand is I had three properties in San Antonio. We had spring break in Texas. Just watch your face. This is going to be so great. <laughs> spring break in Texas. Uh, we had final four was, was the basketball was there the, the last month and it was five blocks from my house. A two, one, a three, two and a three, two all in the same neighborhood. I did $22,000 in one month. 
the mortgages on all three of those houses, seventeen fifty. That's amazing. I love it. And 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 this is why I say people, my new friend that I'm coaching makes twenty four thousand dollars a year net. Yep. I said, bro, go do one wholesale and you get back eight thousand three hundred and sixty sixty, you know, six sixty hours of your life. One deal. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we but we have we have we have limited our minds on what's possible, right? Because yeah. but but here's the greatest lesson. You only know what you don't know when you don't know. And so stop beating yourself up because you don't know. Listen to podcasts, read books, get in circles, get out of your comfort zone. Ask, you know, but ask with value. Don't just, don't just ask. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, now you have a friend in your corner, me and Caroline and and Mike and every, that's going to, that's going to single-handedly change the way your family lives in the next two years. Right. And, and, but mm-hmm. also, but also you're willing to jump up and take the chance. But right. what I want to commend you on is you're willing, you can take those chances because you've set yourself up financially with mm-hmm. a foundation that allows you to take a little bit of risk. And, and, right. and that's super important, right? And that's commendable. It's, it's amazing. Well, and, and when we bought this house, this one that we're remodeling and, you know, I've, I've got old Dave Ramsey in the back of my head, you know, like debt is bad, which I've, I've kind of graduated from that and everything like that. And I thought, okay, well, our money is tied up until June, you know, until we can refinance and pull that money out. And then I go and listen to another podcast and I was like, I texted my realtor and I was like, you know what? I actually don't need money to buy houses. Keep looking for them for me because if I find a deal, I was like, I will find a way to finance it. Yes. So I was like, I'm back on the market. Like send it all my way. Dude, like this, why, why would I wait? This right here is the most important lesson. If I can teach anybody in real estate, this is the lesson. When you run across, I'm going to highlight this clip because I know they're going to pull it out and I want to send it later. When you meet syndicators that are, have, that are closing $30 million deals with 500 bucks in their bank account, I've seen the bank account. And he's like, hey man, can I borrow 20 bucks? I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. But, they're, but that's what I try to tell people. If, yeah. you're, if you're teamed up with the right people, and you had the right mindset, everything's possible. Like, and, mm-hmm. and my mentor just posted on Instagram, do you think next, next, next uh, year is going to be a boom or bust market? And I said, well, if they're investing with you, it doesn't matter because it's always boom because he's a fuck, he's yep. a gangster. Yep. You know, you, you, we're, we're, we're moving through this society in this world, placating and reacting to external forces. It doesn't mm-hmm. fucking matter who the president is. He doesn't give a shit about you. Nope. It doesn't matter who uh, the governor is. It doesn't matter what your dad says. It doesn't matter what your mom says. Like mm-hmm. you control your life and every day you wake up is a fucking choice. And if you want to play small and you want a mediocre life where, where Netflix is, is your boyfriend, you know, yeah. or, you know, like I want to go do epic shit with epic people. And right. that's why like, my boy called me. We were on a podcast yesterday. He's like, hey, you want to come visit me in Florida? I was like, sounds good. I'll be there in two weeks. He's like, just like that? I go, <laughs> right. just like that. I'll do what yeah. I want. Because, because I have torn apart my life and rebuilt it to where I can fire myself from my businesses. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's the whole key. I mean, you're, you're one or two properties away as a family from being set up for life if you wanted to. Yep. But, you're right. never gonna, but you're never going to stop. No, no, because it lights a fire under your ass and then you just keep going. But I mean, it's, and that's getting control of, of your mind is like the biggest thing. Like once you realize that you are in control of basically everything that happens to you, not everything, but I mean, the majority of shit, once you realize that, then everything changes. You know, you can choose to be in a good mood or fucking throw yourself a pity party all day. Like Mm -hmm. you choose that. You can choose to do your 99 to five job for 40, 50 years 
or you can choose to explore different avenues that other humans have done, which means you can do it too. You can choose that. I mean, but most people just don't want to choose the hard. No, they don't. Because, because, oh my God, we don't know what might happen and we don't know, you know, and it's like, it's whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and what, what is the, uh, I'm trying to find it on here. Uh, what's the group that you started? Uh, so I started um, a group called A Life Not Wasted, and that's kind of got, you know, the double meaning that, um, you know, it's not just for people that want to quit drinking, but if people want to, then they, you know, I'm there to support them and, you know, show them how I did it. But A Life Not Wasted also means not just sitting at home watching Netflix, you know, scrolling through your notes newsfeed it means living to your absolute fullest potential so yeah it's it's been fun and that's new and is pushing me out of my comfort zone and i've been really enjoying that and of course the things that i thought were scary turned out to not be scary and so that's why i just keep putting one foot in front of the other and leaning into this calling and uh, what, where do you live at in the U.S.? So uh, the closest that anybody could probably put me towards is La Crosse, Wisconsin. So okay. I, w- I work in La Crosse. So, okay. Yeah, so I'm going to run something by you and I want to record it so uh, we have it on record. What if, because <laughs> I want to do a recovery center now, it seems to be something inside of me that's like calling me. It's, uh, it's, it's hap- so in me. <laughs> it's happening. But, but hear me out on this. Uh, recovery center is fine and we'll do that for sure. But what if on another piece of the property, we did air, we did an Airbnb shipping container recovery weekend. Like, so that was like, be like the spark, right. To like open up teaching to like, if you ever thought about quitting, like come stay and eat healthy and do yoga and like start. It would be the, yeah, it would be the spark. And that's obviously you keep those people away from it. That would be a way to generate money to pay yep. for the recovery, right? So that's fire. That's yeah. So have you man, thought about that idea before? No, I just came up with it right there. Yeah. That's fucking good. <laughs> because yeah. because because prior to quitting drinking, I always wondered what am I going to do with my life? You know, like if I'm not sitting in a bar, what am I going to do? I'm obsessed and, with um, uh, ClickFunnels right now. The books I'm reading, Traffic Secrets, and everything sure. he talks about is an idea, right? Mm-hmm. Has to bring them in for a minute and then and then it takes hold later. So that's where that came was like, I because here's the deal, true story. The only reason I got sober is because I was in business with two guys that were in recovery. And it was the first time I've been around people that were crushing it in business that were sober. Mm-hmm. And it created yeah. the space that allowed me to even think about it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so if you could spark that, and guess what? A lot of husbands would come kicking and screaming, right? But yeah. if you but if you did cooking, <laughs> if you did cooking lessons or like yep. axe throwing or like yoga and they ate well, right? Not only mm-hmm. are you changing them not drinking, you're changing their diet, you're teaching them new skills, right? Yeah. You know, the, the the people we live with right now on their property, they're off the grid specialists that teach you how yeah. to grow your own, you know, vegetables and chickens. Like they could be there. You know, they're this is the stuff I'm sorry. I got like 9 million ideas a day, but, but what I'm saying is like, there's there, it can be fun. It doesn't have to like my big issue with real estate, like podcast and content right now is it's so fucking boring. Like it makes you want to like punch your head itself in the face. Like, it all depends every- who you're talking to. I, I love it. <laughs> no, I love it. Cause you're new to the game. I don't want to hear it. Right. Anymore. Right. Yeah. I don't, I'm yeah. like, uh, you know, it's all relative. Like let's do some crazy shit. Right. Like yeah. let's, let's have a swing over the water with a shipping container. That's like, you know, I just want to go crazy. Like it's fun, you know, Yeah. So, but that's, but that's great. And, I thank you so much for being brave enough to just jump on with our first call and tear it up. It's such an amazing conversation. I'm I'm going to release this in a couple of weeks, like soon. I'm just going to drop it on like a yeah. Wednesday or something. Cause I, people need to hear this, especially what's, what's going on in the world uh, mm-hmm. right now and, and stuff like that. So thank you so much. Uh, if anybody Absolutely. wants to get a hold of you or ask you a question, how do they do that? 
Um, you can look me up on A Life Not Wasted on Facebook. Um, that's as far as I've gotten because obviously you so know I need that you I'm to do something. Instagram. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing it right now. Could you okay. please finally do a post on Instagram? Please. You can't just have the profile okay. and not have a post. All right. Yes. So I, this is what I, I need. will this do my first no, no, no. Wait post for today. It. Wait, wait for okay. it. I haven't okay. let you off the hook yet. Hold on. Hold okay. On. Hold on. You're in my world now, so you're screwed. Oh, shit. Okay. I want you to do a one, uh, a two to four minute video of who you are and, and, okay. and what you stand for. And then boom, right. drop that baby. But quick lesson. You have to put hashtags in there in the comments, oh, like recovery okay, yeah. addiction, because you're that you're <laughs> starting to let people know who you are because you're you're your own brand. And if you yep. want to raise money in real estate deals, you have to create your own brand because they have to they have to know you, they have to see you, they have to buy into who you are. Sure. All right, guys. You know the best yeah. thing you can do for this episode is you can share it with your friends, send it around. We, we learned so much in this episode, and I hope everybody has a great day, guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.